Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It is Friday, January 13th, 2023. TGIF, let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the new three hit the road. Number two, Kevin McCarthy's eye-popping D.C. fundraiser. And number three, Investigation Nation. How to think about DOJ's criminal investigation into President Joe Biden's handling of classified materials. All right, let's get into it. The top story of Punchbowl News AM this morning. It's a really smart look uh, by Heather Cagle and John Bresnahan on how the new House Democratic leadership team is hitting the road interestingly enough, together to raise money, a national rollout for the new three. That's House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, Minority Whip Catherine Clark, and Democratic Caucus Chair Pete Aguilar, who will be joined by DCCC Chair Susan Delbeni. They have kicked off a national fundraising tour. This is the opening foray into what will, of course, be a multi-billion dollar fight for control of the chamber in 2024. On Thursday, the three leaders briefed Democratic donors in Boston. Jeffries also had his own separate fundraising event as well. There are going to also be events next week on the West Coast. That's going to include Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Seattle, Del Benny's territory. Former Speaker Nancy Pelosi will join on those California stops. The quartet will finish the trip with a stop in Chicago before returning to Washington. So let's just zoom out here a little bit. For decades, Nancy Pelosi's strength in many, many ways, fashions, was the fact that she could raise more money than any other Democrat in the House. She's raised more than $1 billion for Democrats during her 20 years in leadership, according to her team. And while Pelosi isn't going away, she is certainly not going to be as closely involved in party fundraising this cycle. Uh, It's an interesting shift in terms of the fact that the new three are going out there together as a unified front. It's not just Hakeem Jeffries trying to be the face of House Democrats. And it's an important moment for these Democrats because there's a lot of concerns in Democratic circles over whether the new leadership team will be able to come close to matching former Pelosi's mega fundraising halls. Of course, former House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer and Majority Whip Jim Clyburn, who does still serve in leadership, although in a less high-profile role, they also raked in millions of dollars each cycle. So now to offset that, Jeffries, Clark, and Aguilar are going to be hitting the road aggressively and often. Uh, Jeffries also has retained several key Pelosi advisors to ensure Democrats stay apace in the 2024 cycle. Uh, It's a smart way when you think about it in terms of trying to have that continuity. While Pelosi's not at the top, he is tapping into those figures and the staffers that have been running the Pelosi operation for a long time. Um, the amount of money that is going to be poured into House races during the next cycle cannot be uh, overstated. It is going to be enormous. Donors are also going to be pressed to support presidential and Senate campaigns. So whenever there is that pressure to try to figure out, you know, do you want to give to the House? Do you want to give to the Senate? Democrats have a terrible map uh, in the Senate. There's going to be retirements. There's going to be tough seats for them to try to maintain their majority. Democrats in the House believe that they have this ability to flip it, and they're going to have to convince donors that it is just as important to try to uh, regain control of the House as it is for 
them to try to maintain control of the Senate, try to, you know, keep the presidency. It is going to just be, uh, you know, donors are going to be hit early and often. And this is going to be something that we're going to be really looking at because it is going to be one of the keys to look at how do, do these new three in this leadership, in this transition that has been largely um, undramatic, how do they continue to uh, either assuage concerns that they they have this or, you know, will Pelosi have to be called in to continue to fundraise? Something that's going to be very interesting to watch for sure. Let's shift gears here. The number two story of the morning also focused on the money game. Speaker Kevin McCarthy, he's known as one of the best fundraisers in Washington and fresh off his successful, albeit drama-filled campaign for Speaker T. McCarthy is back at it again. Jeff Miller, a close McCarthy friend and all ally who's now a lobbyist, is hosting a gigantic dinner reception for McCarthy at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in D.C. on February 7th. The co-host list is a who's who of the House Republican Conference. Literally the entire leadership and every committee chair is co-hosting the dinner, which will honor McCarthy's ascension to the speaker's chair. But the thing that I found most eye-popping on this uh, this fundraiser is the amount of money they are looking to ask people to fork over in order to just attend, to co-host, to host. To host this fundraiser, $250,000. To co-host, it's $100,000. And to either contribute or raise the amount and just to attend, $50,000. The proceeds go to McCarthy Victory Fund, the Speaker's Joint Fundraising Committee, with his re-election campaign, his leadership pack, and the NRCC. We have the full invite in this morning's newsletter. Going to be very interesting to see what the totals are on that event, which is Tuesday, February 7th from 6 to 8. All right, let's go to the number three story of the morning, the investigation, Biden, the special counsel, and the politics of investigating a president. Yes, as many of you already know, President Joe Biden is under investigation. Attorney General Merrick Garland's decision to appoint a former U.S. attorney as special counsel to probe Biden's handling of classified material has political and policy upsides for the investigation-hungry House Republicans. It's also already proving to be an embarrassing distraction for the White House how much worse it will get for Biden remains to be seen. So let's just lay this out here a little bit. First, the political upside. There's a lot that still needs to be filled in about the Biden situation, but it appears that what he's alleged to have done is substantively different from former President Donald Trump's behavior. Of course, this muddies the waters, but Trump is accused of resisting repeated efforts by the Justice Department and National Archives to retrieve dozens of classified documents he stored at Mar-a-Lago. This standoff led to that unprecedented search of Trump's residence by FBI agents last August, an incident that's being actively litigated in federal court. Trump, in fact, is under federal criminal investigation in both the document case and for his actions leading up to and during the January 6th insurrection. So the scale of his legal problems far outweighs what Biden faces. Biden's team, on the other hand, say that he's fully cooperating with DOJ. Yet, these newly disclosed documents find finds date back to Biden's days as vice president, a period in which he had limited declassification authority, 
as president, Trump could declassify whatever he chose, although the record of him having done so in the Mar-a-Lago case is sketchy at best. The difference, however, lends some valuable political ammo to House GOP investigations, which are spinning up in earnest this week. Furthermore, Republicans already are signaling they're going to probe how the DOJ handled both cases. And you have Biden's lawyer in a statement saying that the president's team will cooperate with the special counsel, adding they are, quote, confident that a thorough review will show these documents were inadvertently misplaced and the president and his lawyers acted promptly upon discovery of this mistake. Let's talk about the investigative downside. Garland's decision to appoint a special counsel likely means that many, if not all, of Congress's oversight demands may go unanswered. This is something we've been reporting on for the past uh, month or even maybe a little bit longer. We first reported special counsel Jack Smith, who's handling the dual Trump investigations, has been rebuffing even the most basic requests from congressional entities responsible for oversight of the intelligence community. That's likely to be the same case with this Biden criminal investigation. Senate Intel Committee Chair Mark Warner told us he didn't think Smith's concerns were valid, while his GOP counterpart, Senator Senator Marco Rubio of Florida, said DOJ has no right to deny us access to the materials and we're not asking to interfere in the probe. Although the DOJ's posture has frustrated both Democrats and Republicans, it's a reality of the special counsel appointment and a long-standing point of tension between Congress and the executive branch. It's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out, certainly this tension point along the lines of Congress wanting to have access to information, particularly the Gang of Eight, who believe strongly that their intel oversight responsibilities should trump any concerns about compromising the integrity of the ongoing investigations, is likely to fall upon deaf ears at DOJ. Uh, Going to be something that, Our very own Andrew Desiderio, Jake Sherman, and John Bresnahan are going to continue to report on in the coming days and weeks. And with that, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. I hope you had a great week. Have a great long weekend. We are off on the podcast on Monday, but we'll be back with Jake on Tuesday. Of course, as always, you can subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.